Hi, this is Eve Decker. Welcome to my podcast, Loved, Mindful and Musical Perspectives on Daily Life. Episode 2, Intention. In the late 1990s, I was on tour with a trio called Rebecca Riots. We had come across the United States from California to the East Coast in a small van, playing colleges, intentional communities, and house concerts. It was now Thanksgiving. I dropped my bandmates off at their relatives and was driving to my own Thanksgiving destination. I got lost. These were the days before GPS. I eventually made it to my friends, but had been driving for six hours with nothing to entertain me except a cassette tape of a talk by Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh. So I had listened to it repeatedly. Thich Nhat Hanh's talk was about how the mind is like a garden. We have some choice in what we plant and what we weed out. Some things in our minds are like flowers. They're beautiful. They feel great, and they brighten us. And some things in our minds are like virulent weeds. They take over. They kill other things. There's a lot in life that's not in our direct control. What's happening in another country, or even in our neighbors' homes, is not something we usually have much opportunity to radically change. But our own minds are a territory we have the potential to influence, in the same way that a garden, which belongs to you, has the possibility of being impacted by what you choose to do or not do. Let's say that much to your astonishment, you have inherited a big garden. It's wild and beautiful, but there are also certain places that are overrun by poisonous weeds. This is sort of what it's like to have a human mind. We've inherited these marvelous thinking minds, and they can do a lot of good and sometimes be a place of refuge. But often, they're not, because the seeds cast in the garden by the winds, the winds of our cultures, our experiences, everything we've read or seen, all we've learned, for better or for worse, That stuff has been planted in our minds and without our bidding has grown into whatever is in there now. Most of us have some combination of beautiful thoughts and impulses along with habits and beliefs that don't serve us or anyone else. How to respond? There are many different strategies and modalities for working with our minds so that we can experience more peace and wisdom. Today I want to speak about intention. One definition of an intention is a thought that precedes action. A thought that precedes action. Most of the time, intentions are unconscious or habitual. They've been set in place by what we've experienced, and even by our biology. Sometimes the amygdala which runs the fight-flight-freeze response, influences intention. Other times, our intention is influenced by our mammalian caregiving system, allowing us to soothe or connect. But intentions can also be conscious. With mindfulness, 
we can notice the intentions that have been hiding beneath actions and observe which ones serve our well-being and which ones don't. With this sort of clarity, we can choose not to act on intentions that we've observed don't serve us. For example, a while ago, I received a text that made me mad. I felt my body go into fight mode. Because the impulse was strong, I sent a text back that was angry. Then the other person called me, and I didn't pick up the phone because I was heading into flight-freeze mode. We eventually resolved the issue by email. None of this was fun, and it took a while for me to recover. I noticed the whole process, regretted it, and moved on. Sometime later, I got a phone call that upset me. I felt the feelings, the fight-flight-freeze response, and I felt inside me the intention to respond from anger. But I knew from experience that that intention does not lead to my peace or the peace of the other person. So I stayed calm and consciously set my intention to set a boundary but respond from kindness. And that's what I did. My peace was restored much more quickly than it was with the texting incident. Noticing that some intentions do not lead to well-being and so not acting on them is like weeding a garden. Like pulling weeds, you can actually work on not acting on intentions that lead you to a disrupted nervous system. Choosing intentions that bring you ease, like intentions for patience, gratitude, kindness, and self-compassion, is like planting flower seeds in your garden. As these intentions grow, your mind becomes a safer and more pleasant place to be. Sometimes with gardens, we don't just plant seeds. We go to the garden store and buy something beautiful and significant that will be a hallmark of our garden. Intention can be like that, too. It can be like a big flowering tree that influences us all the time. When you look up the word intention in the dictionary, this is the kind of intention they are mostly referring to. The dictionary definition of intention includes, quote, a determination to act in a certain way, resolve, what one intends to do or bring about, unquote. Synonyms include the words aim, ambition, aspiration, and dream. We can create a conscious intention to guide our lives. A long time ago, one of my teachers asked me what my deepest intention was. I had no idea. I went home and pondered for quite a while and then formulated something that has been like a north star on all my journeys through life since then. I may get off track, but I know what's important to me and which way I want to be heading. In the book The Mindful Brain, Dr. Daniel Siegel, professor of psychiatry at UCLA School of Medicine, writes, quote, Intentions create an integrated state of priming, a gearing up of our neural system to be in the mode of that specific intention, readying to receive, to focus, to behave in a certain manner. In other words, purposeful intention setting lets our minds know what's important to us 
And then our minds get to work looking for the opportunities and behaviors that will help create that intention. Finally, like gardening, working with intention isn't something we do for a little while and then put down. Weeds run deep, and tender new plants need care. It's ongoing and requires perseverance and a commitment for the long haul. But it's worth it. I wrote this song Gardener not long after that six hours in the van listening to Thich Nhat Hanh on a cassette tape. I hope you enjoy it. It's really hard not to go when my whims urge me to go but I know what sort of person I'm longing to become if I want to help If I want the suffering all around us to subside I have got to be more conscious of the things I do and don't do Every little seed in time will flower Plant the ones that lead me down a path toward really helping I am the garden, but I'm also the For the future are made now Certain habits deeply rooted Flourish in the heart of me Repetition like the seasons Comes naturally Some of it's good, some of it's not Right now this is all I've got But it doesn't mean it's all I'll ever be Choosing which part of me to act from It's easier when I know what I want to become I am the garden
This podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by my brother, Ben Decker. For information about individual or group Dharma coaching sessions, classes, and live concerts, go to my website, evedecker.com. There, you can also buy and download music from any of my five albums. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Loved. We are loved.